When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. There won't be any rebuild. There doesn't have to be any rebuild. Can we please, please, please stop talking about the rebuild? Good morning to you. Good Wednesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Penguins. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or baseball. I also offer daily shots of Steelers and Pirates, which I hope you'll check out. The rebuild concept in Pittsburgh is just poison. If you're talking about the Pirates, and that's probably the first team that comes to mind, you're talking about rebuilding since what? The early 90s? I don't know if you want to, you know, give them the benefit of the three playoff appearances from 2013 to 15, but otherwise it's just been rebuild, rebuild, rebuild. So no one wants to hear it around here. When it's the Penguins, wow, we're talking about Pure crisis mode. We're talking about diving into depths that are related to either bankruptcy or moving to Kansas City or whatever it is. And no one, no one wants to have anything to do with it. Even now, in a salary cap setting that really does, for most teams, smooth out the edges of a rebuild you know, Detroit and New Jersey and other examples notwithstanding, it has an unsavory feel to it. So it's understandable to me that there's a fear related to rebuilding. What doesn't make sense to me is anyone who'd advocate for it, even if they have the best possible intentions in mind. Two reasons for that. One, Sidney Crosby still happens to be employed here. You will not see a rebuild as long as he's here. You can take that to the bank. That alone should slam shut the door on any time this conversation comes up. It just won't happen. You are not going to see Sid shepherd a bunch of prospects on his way to a grand, glorious retirement. It will not happen. Two is that the general structure of this roster is that your older players are still by far your best players. Okay, think about that just for a second. If you're going to rebuild and you're going to rebuild with youth, you got to have youth, don't you? <laughs> and they don't. And you can make any argument that you want. Well, if you trade Jake Gensel, you'll get a couple of good young players for him and some draft picks. Okay. And what about the other 18 or so that you need in order to come up with five who will stick? Because that's pretty much the ratio. You don't have it. You don't have it to acquire. If you want to throw in, I don't know, just, just, just fantasize here, okay? for me in a negative way that you you're just going to move out as many players as you want other than you know Sid Gino and Latang you're just going to leave everything else you know to to walk away 
you don't have the assets. Because what you have for most of these guys are contracts that other teams wouldn't want, especially in the continuous flat cap era. You're not going to be able to move even someone, as an example here, like Ricard Raquel. Because he costs significant money, and he costs that for four more years. So, you know, daydreaming about what kind of prospects could come and how all of a sudden the, the Wilkes-Barre system and everything would be just magically replenished. No, it won't. It won't. So stop it. Stop it. But more for this than anything else. They don't need to do it. They don't need to do it. The hardest thing to acquire in the National Hockey League and I'm sorry if you're tired of hearing me say this, is a solid set of top six forwards. They cost the most. They're the asset that most teams will cling to the most tightly. And then on top of that, even if you get six that you like, there's no guarantee that they're going to have chemistry. Penguins already have that. And all of those guys, all six of them, performed to what you could reasonably classify as expected norms or above. The only one who'd fall below in, in my eyes, and even then not by much, would be Brian Rust because he still ended up with 20 goals. You can say what you want about his down season, his lousy shooting percentage, and all the chances that he blew, and all of that would be accurate. Still ended up with 20 goals. Still ended up being a pivotal performer on the PK and well, not so much the power play. He He's your weak link is what I'm saying here, and I'm not even insulting him when I say that. The other five were just terrific. The next hardest thing is to get a good, solid, top defensive pairing. I believe the Penguins have that in Chris Letang and Marcus Pedersen, especially after the year that Marcus just had. The next hardest thing to get after that is a franchise goaltender. I wanted to think that's what Tristan Jari was going to become. I want to believe that Jari was as hurt as he says he was, the way he came forth in Columbus after the finale out there and talked about this long-lasting injury that bothered him the whole year and whatever else. And I want to believe that it doesn't require surgery, and I want to believe, I, I want to believe I don't. Not right now. But if he isn't the guy, there are others. That's where you spend your free agency dollars. That's where you make your trade. So what's left? Well, from a roster and depth chart standpoint, it's the easiest parts of the roster to acquire. Also, the least expensive parts of the roster to acquire, unless you're Ron Hextall and just feel like giving these guys all a zillion dollars. You just find yourself six pluggers up front, four pluggers in the back, and go, man, go. That's it. That's it. That's all this team needed during the past season. That doesn't require rebuild. That requires a reflush. When we come back, J1Q. comes from Alex who says I don't know if I buy your absentee ownership argument DK personally I don't care if John Henry or Tom Werner 
ever comes to a single game as long as the decisions that need to be made at that level are made swiftly and decisively. FSG has a pretty good track record of putting good management in place with their other franchises. Let's see what they do with this opportunity. I'll judge them then. Alex, you're free to judge anybody any way you want at any time you want, okay? I'm not stopping you from doing any of that. In Pittsburgh, we have a history of ownership that is present, visible, accountable, and involved. FSG meets not one of those criteria. Not one. Not even close. David Beeston, the individual who'd been coming to games and who was at the game conspicuously, I might add, in Columbus before he carried out the firings of Ron Hextall, Brian Burke, and Chris Pryor, is a liaison in essence. He is not the people that you mentioned. Henry and Werner are at the top of the FSG structure. Beeston doesn't live in Pittsburgh, lives in Boston, refers to Boston as we did that in his press conference, stayed in a hotel when he would come to Pittsburgh to catch up on things with the Penguins. That's absentee ownership. That is the very definition of absentee ownership. The points that you brought up about making the right decisions and making them swiftly and everything else has nothing whatsoever to do with that phrase. If they want to make swift and correct decisions and spend all the money all the way up to the cap and treat everybody like gold, that's part of what ownership does. And you're right about that. And if you feel that's enough, again, you're entitled to do that. It doesn't make them non-absentee owners. They are very much absentee owners. But in our city, and I don't care if this makes me sound provincial, I'm born and raised here, so I, I really just call me whatever you want. But in our city, the Penguins, the Steelers, and the Pirates, with very, very, very few exceptions over the entire durations of their histories, have had owners right here, right here in Pittsburgh, right around the teams. Even the least popular owner maybe the city's ever seen, Bob Nutting, currently of the Pirates, He's there, you know, he's around every day. He's visible. He's out by the dugout for batting practice. You can say what you want about the decisions that he's made, and I'm not suggesting that he's better or worse than anybody that I mentioned because I'm just talking about one thing here. I prefer to see and hear from the people at the very top of the command structure. Maybe that's just me. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Penguins, and we will do another one of these tomorrow.